Well, one more time, welcome to you. Uh, we're glad that you are here at Northridge. Um, those of you who are here for the very first time, we've already said welcome to you like at least three or four hundred times, so uh, we won't do that again, but we are glad that you're here. But we also want you to know uh, something else, and this is something else that, that other people here at Northridge already know, and that is this is really important to us, but we want you to know this to start everything off, and that is that this is a safe place for you. This is a safe place for you. No matter where you're at with God, no matter what you think about God, maybe we just sung that song, Good, Good Father, and you say, I don't think that's true because I just don't see it. And maybe you're here and you say, I just don't know if I believe in all that. I don't know if I believe in God or, the, or his word or Jesus. We want you to know that we're glad that you're here because we invite questions about who God is, about the Bible, about why do, you know, does the pastor wear jeans, any of that stuff. We're good with it. And we get all those questions, believe me. We get all those questions. We are glad to have you here and we want you to be here to ask those questions. This is a safe place for you. And, uh, and we're just excited to be here with you and you to be here with us. So we are in the, uh, at the end of a series. We have been going through this series for the last several weeks called Recharge. And very simply, we have been looking at what does it look like? What does it mean for us to find rest and peace for our lives, for our souls? Isn't that an amazing concept in this culture? <laughs> rest and peace, something that we tend to not be able to find a lot. And so we've been talking a lot about how to recharge our soul, recharge our life. And, uh, and so today we're going to wrap up the series. We're going to finish this. But I want to start a little bit different this morning uh, at the beginning of the message here. I want to I do something that, to be honest, is maybe going to be a little uncomfortable. You're not going to have to do a lot, so don't worry about it. You guys always get scared. I know I see the eyes get bigger whenever I say that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, no, here we go. Bickle's at it again. Um, but I, I, it's very simple. I, I want us to spend just 30 seconds here in just a minute in silence. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to play music and bring things up and put something on the screen. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit in silence for about 30 seconds. And I want you to close your eyes. Okay? I want you to close your eyes. So go ahead and close your eyes. And, and we're just going to sit in silence for 30 seconds. I'm not going to say anything else. 30 seconds. Start now. And let's just have this silence. Okay, you can open your eyes. I don't know if that was 30 seconds. It was close. What did you notice that you hadn't noticed before? I don't need an answer to that question, but what did you notice? Did you notice breathing, breath next to you? I did. I heard several people breathing. I've, I'd never heard that until we had silence. How many of you were weirded out? I know some of you were because I saw your faces. <laughs> some of you were looking around like, are we really going to do this? Because that's awkward. <laughs> because we never do it. 
You realize that? We never do it. We've got these things. It's called the smartphone, right? And they are constantly there. And they buzz and they ring and they go off and they do everything. I use this for everything. It wakes me up in the morning. It reminds me when I missed an appointment or if I have an appointment or if I need to talk to somebody. You guys know because you talk to me on Sunday morning. I'm like, hold on, let me put it in here. I do, I punch it in. Because we are connected to everything at all times. And, and, and we just constantly have this thing. And sometimes maybe finding rest is releasing ourselves of all the things that are going on. Isn't it amazing when you just stop all the stuff that's going on? For some of you, you did that. This is a new mode for you to show up, you know, come to church on a Sunday morning. This is a new mode for you. That's changing your dynamic completely, and that's awesome. And so what we're going to talk about today, and, and I, I'm just excited about it because it's, it's just a, it's a topic that we don't usually talk about. We're going to talk about the, the connection, the link, the bridge between burdens in our life. Can you tell this is going to be fun, isn't it? I know, some of you are like, woohoo, burdens. We're going to talk about the connection between burdens in our life and peace. How do burdens apply to peace? The type of burdens that we have in our life, the amount of burdens that we have in our life, how does that apply to our life? And I get it. This is not a comfortable thing. Some of you are like, I would rather just like, let's just read a homily out of a book. But we're not going to do that this morning. We're going to talk about real life. So we're going to get into this. Let's, uh, first of all, before we get too deep into this, we need to know what, am I, what do I mean by burden? When I say the word burden, what in the world are we talking about? Let's define it. Somebody actually at the women's retreat made fun of pastors for defining words before they get into their message. And I leaned over to Paul and I said, hey, I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to be defining a word. That's funny because, yep, that's what we do. So let's define the word burden so that we're all on the same page so that we know what we're talking about when I say burdens. Because we're going to talk about burdens a lot today. Okay, here's the definition that I would give. Burden is this. Something that is carried, anything that is carried, but it's usually something that's heavy, or difficult to bear. That's why it's called a burden. Now, there are good burdens and bad burdens, aren't there? Good burdens and bad burdens. But the, anything that is carried... Now, this is not physical. Like when we had to carry the speakers in from the vehicles this morning to set up, that's a burden. But that's not really the kind of burden we're talking about. The kind of burdens that we're talking about, things that we carry, these are, these are the responsibilities that we have, responsible for our family, Maybe responsible for our kids. Responsibility. Some of you are managers at work and you are responsible for another group of people. And, and you, that is your burden. It is your burden. It's not that they are burdens. <laughs> Some of you would say, yeah, they are. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. Don't tell them. All right. But, but sometimes there's a burden of responsibility and it's on your shoulders. It's on your heart. It's on your mind. It's something that you have to take care of. Maybe there's a huge decision coming up in your life. Maybe there's some decisions that you think are coming up in your life and you feel it and you don't even know what they are yet. And there's a burden. Maybe there's something in your life that you know needs to change and it's a burden. It's been messing you up for years, days, weeks, maybe even decades. And it's a burden that you have carried. Maybe it's something that's happened in your past and you're carrying this burden. We all have burdens, don't we? And some of you might be saying, well, why are we talking about burdens today? Because we all know everybody has them. Can't we just say everybody's got them and move on and say amen and we're done? Like we go to lunch and watch the Packers and we're good? 
We can't because these burdens, a lot of times they can do one of two things. They can actually lift us up if we have the right burdens on our heart and on our mind. They can uplift us. They can give us incredible life or burdens can drag us down, pull us underwater, really, really suck our life away. And so we want to talk about this. And what burdens typically do is, you know, the big, the major function that burdens do? And you guys know this. If you have something major going on in your life, let me ask you this. Is it easy to focus on everything else? Or are you consumed by that one thing? Am I right? That one big thing or those two or three big things and you just can't get your mind off it. If I'm worried about something, if I'm anxious about something, I'll sometimes lay in bed and my mind's just going... You know, and I'm a guy. I go to the nothing box all the time. And so when I've got something big on my mind, I'm like, oh, turn it off. Right. Because I'm consumed by it. And I know you guys probably have experienced some of that with different burdens that you have. But burdens distract us. Um, They've done a lot of studies. You guys have heard of multitasking, right? It's the thing that we're supposed to do in this culture, like get as many things done as fast as you possibly can. How many of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hands, how many of you have ever felt that pressure at work? Like you have to get at least 12 things done today and there's no way you have the time to do it, but that's what you're being asked to do. And so you feel like you have to accomplish all those tasks all at the same time, otherwise it's a letdown, like you let somebody down. And so we have to multitask. Well, did you know, and maybe you've read these studies, but they've done study after study after study after study on multitasking. And what they have discovered is that most of the time, not every time, but most of the studies that have been done, they found that people who do two or more tasks at the same time, they're trying to multitask, not only do they not do it very well, they have tons of mistakes in it typically, but they also, it also takes them, actually, instead of less time, it takes them double the amount of time that it would if they would have focused on one and then done the next one and then done the next one sequentially. They, they have shown that it actually doubles the time that it takes to do what would normally have taken you less time if you would have done them sequentially. Isn't that crazy? And there are more mistakes. The reason why, why is that? It's because you have so many burdens and you're trying to do this and this and this. My wife knows that I can't do this, by the way. She knows that she's known these studies for a long time because she's married to me. So she knows if I'm talking on the phone and she needs to tell somebody who's on the phone with me something that she wants me to tell that person, you know what I have to do? I have to stop my phone call, listen to my wife and say, now what do you want me to tell them? And then I put it back up and then I can tell them because otherwise if I hear two conversations, oh my goodness, my mind will explode. Like it's gone. It's just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to be able to focus because there's too many burdens at once. Well, all of this comes down to this. The burdens can either uplift and give us more freedom and joy if we have the right ones or if we have too many or too big of burdens or the wrong burdens, they can steal our joy. Quick question. I don't even have this in my notes. Are you living in freedom and joy today or are you living under burdens? If you were just to think right away, right now, where would you say your life is at? Would you say it's a lot of freedom, a lot of joy, or is there a lot of burden? 
And what that answer is tells you maybe where the burdens are at for you. So what I want to do today is I want to talk just for a little while about the types of burdens that we have, right? We all have various different kinds of burdens and different levels of burdens, right? So let's talk about the first kind. The first kind of burden is a practical burden, okay? The practical burden. This is very simply, these are all the things that have to get done in an everyday kind of a thing. This is the grass is still growing. I have to mow it right? That, that's, that's a practical burden. And this is, um, you know, the, the kids have to be taken to their soccer game or their basketball game. This is, I have to get to work on time. This is, you know, I have to get up at a certain time so that I can get to work on time. This is, we have to make sure our kids get their homework done. This is, you can tell some of my burdens, right? Because I'm throwing out a lot of ones that I'm thinking of right now. Okay, so, so we have all these regular burdens. Eventually, maybe, maybe not this year, maybe eventually we're going to have to shovel the driveway, right? Those are, those are burdens that we have. They're things that just happen have to get done for every normal day life kind of thing. It's practical stuff that has to happen. Uh, If the refrigerator breaks, you're going to have to get it fixed. If the toilet's running, by the way, that's a burden that I have right now. Our toilet downstairs just started running this weekend. So it's a burden. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do that. And can I tell you just, I hate that. I mean, like, I just want things just to work. You know, I don't know if some guys you're like really mechanical, you're really good. You know exactly what's wrong before you even look at it. I can look at it for a long, a lot, many hours. And I'm going, I still have no clue what's wrong with this thing. Unbelievable. I got to call somebody. Right. So it's a burden. And we have these burdens. They're practical burdens. They're things that have to just get done. And so those are normal burdens. We all have those. We usually have a lot of those. Another type of burden is an emotional burden. These are burdens that, that we have, weight that we have on our heart and our mind because of relationships with people. Not that relationships are bad, but simply because there's a weight there. If we, are, if we have a family, then we have a burden for our kids or for our spouse or anything like that. If we have... Um, Again, if we have people under us at work, then there's a burden there. Neighbors and friends, anybody know anybody else at all? There you go. You have a burden of a relationship. Not that it's heavy or bad. Uh, Some of them are bad. Some of them are good. But we have the burden of relationship. These are emotional burdens. Uh, Let me ask you this. Okay? If I were to give you a running toilet as a burden, practical burden, or major conflict with somebody in your family, which one of those is going to consume you more? It's a silly question, right? I know. The emotional burdens are harder to see. They're not as obvious, but they weigh us down way more. It's kind of like, well, I know the toilet's running, but we don't always see how much a relationship is affecting our life. And so we have emotional burdens. The other kind of burden, and you guys figured this one had to be on here, the spiritual burden. These are the burdens that God gives to us. Sometimes it's burdens that are bad that keeps us from God. Maybe it's sin issues. Maybe it's habits, habits that we have, good, bad habits, whatever the case is, but a spiritual burden. This is one of those burdens where um, it, it either brings us closer to God or takes us further away from God. And it's a spiritual burden. I read this, uh, this scripture passage three weeks ago at the beginning of this series, but I wanted to go back to it again because Jesus talks about what we need to do with whether it's a practical burden, an emotional burden, or it's a spiritual burden, one that comes from God or one that keeps us from God. I want to just read this. This is Jesus himself speaking about burdens. He says this. He says, Come to me, all of you, everybody, who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you What? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, another word for that is burden, is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So what Jesus is saying very simply is, not only do I want you to give your burdens to me, it's not that you won't do anything, but you you need to trust that I can help you with your burdens. And then I want you to take the burden, my burden, on you. I want you to know that I love you. This is what Jesus is saying, okay? Without saying all these words, he says, take on my burden. I want you to realize that I love you and that you can love me and that you can share the love, the forgiveness, the salvation, the grace of God with everybody around you. And God says, Jesus says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to share the love of Christ with everybody that you possibly can. Now, a lot of people think of that, and I've clarified this before. It's not mean like you have to start knocking on doors today. All right. Hey, I heard that I'm supposed to share the love of Christ. So uh, do you know Jesus? You don't. Well, (laughs) let me tell you, let's release those burdens today. (laughs) To be honest, if they're like right in the middle of the Packer game, it's just not going to go well. Right. I mean, it's just it's just not. I'm like, uh, thank you for showing up at my door. I mean, this is, it's just going to be, I don't know if it's going to work out well. But what does that mean? It means that in our everyday life that we have the burden of Christ. And when we see somebody in need or when we have a close friend that we know they're struggling through something, or if we just know somebody is looking and seeking for something, a better way of life, we can offer answers to them and say, hey, have you ever thought about this? Would you go to church with me? Have you ever thought about Jesus? Have you ever thought about, it feels like maybe you're weighted down with these burdens. So a burden, Jesus is saying, take these burdens on and they are lighter. So the truth is though, how do we deal with these burdens? Whether it's practical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual. I want to give you a phrase. It is not a biblical phrase. It's not even a theological phrase. But I want you to think about this phrase when you think about all the burdens that you have on your life. And and some of you are still stressed, like just because I've said the word burden like 1,200 times, right? And you're like, stop talking about my burdens. I'm getting stressed out, right? So what what is the phrase? What do do I want you to, to, to remember about three burdens, practical, emotional, spiritual burdens? Here's what I want you to remember. And it's from Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. Seriously, that's the phrase I want you to think about when you think about your burdens. Get her done. Or as he would say, get her done. Right? Have you ever seen that little video where he says there's a different way to say get her done? He says it the same way every time. You know, it's get her done or you can get her done or get her done. You know, and it's like, well, that sounds pretty much the same. But I want you to get her done. What do I mean by that? Okay, let's go to practical. The only way to take care of a practical burden For example, the only way my toilet's going to stop running is if I fix it or somebody else fixes it. Can I pray over it and say, God, fix the seal? I can. Could God fix it? Yes, he could. Will he? Probably not. I haven't had God fix a lot of... I have had a couple of moments, actually, which is kind of cool. That's for another time. But God doesn't usually just, you know, fix the practical problems. He's like, no, you you can take care of that. You're good. You just have to get her done. <laughs> I'm not sure if God ever says that, but I'm just saying, okay? You got to get her done. And, and, so, and so, I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, if the, if the lawn needs to be mowed or the driveway needs to be shoveled, you can pray and say, God, I really want to watch football today. And so if you could just take care of that, that'd be great. And sit there and be like, whew, you know, that'd be awesome. It's probably not going to work. The only way to take care of a practical burden is to get her done. 
You just have to go do it. And then guess what? When it's done, <laughs> you know where it goes? It's offloaded. It's off your shoulders. You're done with it. You don't need to worry about it. The toilet will flush. <laughs> it's beautiful. The practical burden is gone, so you got to get her done. For emotional burdens, what, is, what does this look like, getting her done? Well, if you have a major emotional burden, and those of you here, when I say that, you know what I'm talking about because right away your mind goes to a person or a group of people or a relationship or a conflict that you are currently having right now. The only way to free yourself of that burden is to start taking steps toward a direction that you know you need to go in that relationship. For example, some of you are in a relationship that you need to get out of. At the women's retreat, we just heard about a couple of different relationships where it was abusive and and other things, and it was years that they stayed in that for various reasons, and they shared why. And they knew they needed to get out, but they just, it was so hard to do. Isn't it hard to do because it's attached to another person, a person that we probably care about a lot? For some of us in here, there's a relationship where we are the only one giving in the relationship. Anybody have one of those? You don't have to say who it is. Please don't. But it's a relationship where you're doing all the giving and somebody else is doing all the taking. And it's weighing you down. God does not want those kinds of experiences for us. He doesn't want us to live weighted down to where we're getting squashed under the weight of these things. And so you know the only choice in the matter with these burdens is to get her done. So I don't know what it is. If you're in conflict with somebody, you got to take care of it. If you uh, are in a relationship that you know is not doing well for you. It's just not healthy. You, you feel beat up from it. Um, they always are taking or whatever. Maybe they're even abusive to you. You have to do something to change it. But here's the difference. You yourself may not have the motivation, the challenge to do it. We all know it's hard to get out of those things. Can I tell you where the power comes from to do that? It comes from God. And it comes from even if you don't have any help around you for somebody that will help you with this, you have a church that will be rally around you and will help you. You simply need to open that door. We don't know. We do that from time to time. We help with those things. But you've got to do something about it to get out from under those relationships. It doesn't have to be abusive. It could just be one where, again, somebody's incredibly selfish and they're always taking and you have this burden. I'm sure you guys have never run into selfish people, though. But we have. And we allow those burdens to weigh us down. Okay, let's talk about the last one, the spiritual burden. The spiritual burden are those things that maybe it's um, the things that, that God has said, you need to be doing this. You really need to do. And some of you, maybe you came to church this morning because you felt that for a long time. And you just decided, you know, today's the day we're going to go. That's awesome. That is a burden from God. And let me tell you that we need to listen to those. There are burdens that God places on my heart and my mind as well. And I have to listen to those things. But then there are other spiritual burdens. There are other things, sin issues, things in our life that, that maybe you know it's keeping you from God. It's keeping you from where you know you need to go with God. And so you need to get rid of something. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe I don't know what it is. But maybe there's something that you need to get rid of, you need to take care of. 
Now, I've used this example before, but in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking, and he says something very interesting about a burden. He says, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, just to clarify, that means if you're going to worship. Okay, we don't do this anymore, but that's what he's saying. If you are going to worship God in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, in other words, you're in conflict with somebody that's unresolved, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Why does Jesus say that? Why does Jesus say, before you go and give your sacrifice to God, before you take up the burden of God, make sure you take care of this conflict that you have with this other person. You know why Jesus says this? There's two reasons. One, God knows, Jesus knows, that if we have this major burden on our life, we're not going to be thinking about God anyway. Right? You can go to church, you can do this, you can do all these things, but our mind is elsewhere. Have you, ever, have you, have you guys ever experienced that, where you're in a meeting but you've got this major thing going on in your life and you, never, you didn't really hear anything that was said because you were thinking about consumed by this other stuff? Have you ever ha- had that experience where you go, I don't even know what I just went through because I was consumed with this over here. And this is what Jesus is saying. You've got to do that. But the second reason is Jesus says this, leave the sacrifice there and go and reconcile with that person because Jesus knows that burden will consume you and weigh you down and it will keep you from a relationship with God that he knows you need to have. So why does Jesus say all these things? What is he doing? Well, because here's the deal. Here's kind of the crux of the matter. You and I, we all have burdens. I don't know what yours are. I don't know if your toilet's running this weekend. I don't know if you have conflict with a lot of people in your, in your life. I don't know if you're living in sin or not, or you're just walking with God, you're really close to God, or maybe you want nothing to do with him. I don't know where everybody's at today. But my guess is we're all across the spectrum, all across the board. But we all have burdens. And the truth is, a lot of times... The fact that we have too many burdens. Can you agree that in our culture we tend to take on a little too much most of the time? Too many burdens or the wrong burdens. They are stealing the life that God has designed for you. A life of joy. A life of peace. A life of rest. Now, when I say that, a lot of people don't believe me. They really don't believe that that kind of life is possible. I'm here to tell you that God promises and says that it is. But the key is, we've got to get out from underneath all the burdens. They are keeping us from the life that God wants for us. Many of you have probably heard that there there are a lot of crisis things around the world. Um, there's the human trafficking crisis, there's the hunger crisis, all this stuff. But another major crisis that is happening around the world is uh, people's access to clean water. Have you heard of this? That there are millions of people on our planet that literally do not have access or have limited access, not just to clean water, but to water that's contaminated. Okay? And so, for example, I'll just give you an example. In, uh, in the continent of Africa, not, of course, the whole continent, but in various areas, depending on where people were born and where they live, they have to walk four hours every day just to get a jug of water, contaminated water. This is water that's going to make them sick. 
but they need it to survive. Four hours a day, they have to walk to get this water and return back to where they, they live so that they can cook, so that they can drink it, so they can clean with it. Four hours a day. Okay? I don't know about you, but we're talking about a huge burden. Right? I think I have a picture of, uh, of some of the ladies and kids, actually. And the, the, a lot of times this falls on the women and the kids because the men are trying to make the living and trying to do the best they can for their family. And so the, the women and children are the ones that have to end up going to get the water to keep everything else going. And so they go and they have these jugs, and these jugs are, are huge. You can see this, right? And they carry these. Can you okay, just put in your mind how long it takes you to walk in four, four hours? How, how far is that? And they're, they're carrying these jugs of water for four hours. Okay? The, the reason I bring this up is, is because this is a huge burden in their life. Do you know how this affects them? The kids that have to do this, because they have to go get water, they cannot go to school. They cannot learn. All they learn is how to get water. Like, that's, that's kind of what they, and they know other things, of course, but for a huge part of the day, that's what they have to do. For the ladies, for the women, the, they can't take care of their family. They, all, they spend huge amounts of their time simply going to get water and bringing the water back. And so they can't care for their family like they need to. They can't take care of them like they, they, like they really want to. The other thing they can't do is they can't get extra little jobs to make little things. A lot of them are very talented to make these things. They can't do it because they have to spend all this time going to get water. It's a huge burden that infects and impacts their entire life. Do you see how that, this one big burden impacts everything? They can't get out of poverty because of it. Just think about it this way. I want you to imagine that you have four hours of every single day, not just your work days, but four hours every single day, Saturday and Sunday included, that you have to now spend to get water. Okay? You have to drive to Chicago every day, get a jug of water, and drive back. Every day you have to do that. Somebody in your family has to do that so that you can survive. And by the way, the water's going to make you sick. Can you imagine the immensity of the burden that that is? So here's why I bring this up. There's two reasons. One, you're probably going to be hearing about this crisis a little bit more at Northridge in the future. Because this, this may be something that, I don't know, we'll see. We have to wrestle with this, but maybe this is something that God wants us to have some impact in around the world. Because we should have impact around the world, shouldn't we? We are the love of Christ, not just to Wanakee, but around the globe. But the second reason I bring this up is because of this. This parallel is the same for us. You and I, we don't have the burden of needing to get water every single day, but we do have burdens. And let me tell you, I don't know what your burdens are, but I can tell you that a lot of them are weighing you down. Some of you in here, your emotions are about as raw as they can get. And it's because you have, you're carrying this burden. We can't see it. If you walked in with 45-pound weights around your neck and on your shoulders, and you walked in like this, we could see it. The problem with burdens is that we can look at you, and you go like this. And we're like, oh, everything's good. Praise God. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming to Northridge. Isn't this great? The sun's shining. 
and yet we cover up, right, our burdens so nobody knows I struggle. Guys especially do this. Ladies do this as well. We all do this, don't we? And we cover up our burdens. And we say, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. I'm good. Good. And we cover up our burdens. And we allow them to weigh us down. For some of us in here, we never have peace and rest, even when it is quiet. And the reason is because we've got, maybe it's a practical burden. Maybe it's an emotional burden. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a spiritual burden. Maybe it's something that God is asking you to do and you don't want to do it. And so you said, no, 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 God, not going there, not doing it. Or maybe it's something that God said, you need to quit. You need to stop. It's killing you. That burden is dragging you further and further and further down. And the question that I have for us is what are we going to do about it? Got to do something about it. I know I said it in a funny way, get her done. But I'm serious because the, here's the crisis. The crisis is, you guys know, I think most of you realize this is true. But so many of us are going to walk out these doors and go back to the burdens as soon as we leave here. And we never take care of them. We never get rid of them. So here's what, how I want to end this morning. We're going to end the same way we started. Because you guys loved the silence so much before. <laughs> uh, truth be told, I don't like silence either. I'm that guy at the table. I really am. And some of you know this because you've seen this. Um, I'll either laugh or tell a joke or jump in and say something when everything is quiet around a table. You know, I'm the guy that's like, oh, somebody's got to say something. Because <laughs> this is just weird. You know, when you have five or six at the table and then somebody tells a story, we all laugh and ha, ha, ha. And everybody's like, better take another bite because Look at the TVs. That's, by the way, that's probably why we put TVs up in places. Like, I'm just going to distract it for a minute. Yeah, until somebody starts talking. <laughs> Silence. We're scared of it. Ugh! Because we don't want to deal with what comes into our heart and to our mind and what God reveals to us when it happens. So, I know it's not exactly the most fun, but we're going to force it this morning. And we're going to spend about a minute I know I added to it, sorry. A little bit longer. And here's, but I want you to do something in the silence. I don't want you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to write something down. Some of you will do this, some of you won't. I pray and hope that you will. Okay, and I want you to write these things down. I want you to write down a practical burden. I want you to write down a practical burden that is driving you crazy. Uh, I'm serious about this. You know what I would put on there? The toilet, the stupid toilet. I would probably write that too. I'd probably write stupid toilet because it is just, ugh. the fact that it's just running, you know, and I, I turned the water off. I know you guys are like, why didn't you turn the water off? I did. But the fact that I have to go back and, you know, fix it, it's just, ugh. 
Okay? I don't know what the practical burden is for you that's just on your heart and mind, but you know what? The only way you're going to take care of it is to get home and get her done. True. Second thing I want you to write down, I want you to write down an emotional burden. I want you to write down something about a relationship, something about maybe in your family, something that you know you need to deal with. You've got to have a conversation. If there's somebody that is constantly taking from you, all, you're always giving, you're always the one that's sacrificing, they're constantly selfish, you know what you need to do? You don't need to be mean about it, but you do need to confront it. You know why? Because guess what? 10, 12, 15 years from now, it's going to be the same thing. You're still going to be taken advantage of. Why not get out from under that burden now? Can you imagine some of you thinking of a relationship right now and it's been burdening you for years and you know you could solve it today? You know why we don't, by the way? I know why we don't. Because this is why I have a hard time doing this. Trust me, I have a hard time with conflict as well. The reason we don't is because we don't want to hurt somebody. We don't want to lose the relationship. Let me ask you this. Is it okay then to lie to them by not saying anything? Is that what you're saying? I don't love them enough and I'm just going to fake it then. That's how much I don't want to lose the relationship. I'm going to fake it. I'm going to lie to them. Got to get it done. So whatever that is for you, write it down. I know that's a hard one. And then the right down, the third one, obviously, spiritual. This could go one of two ways. This could be you need to write something down that God is asking you to do, and you know it, and you've never wanted to talk to the pastor about it because you know the pastor, <laughs> that would be me, by the way, uh, is going to call you and say, hey, you wanted, God told you to work in the nursery? That is awesome. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. You know, and, and, I'll, and I'll be like, you're scared because you think we're going to peg you for years in there. Like you're going to be locked away, you know, with the babies for the, the rest of time. Like that's what you think, and, and I get it. And let, let me just tell you, we don't do that, okay? Uh, we can explain to you how the process works. It's very simple, and it's very easy, and we keep a, a pretty good, you know, thing there, good system there. But for some of you, it's far more serious than that. God wants you to do something, and you're just saying no. So maybe you need to write down what God wants you to do. Maybe for some of you, God has been convicting you and saying, you need to open up to me. You need to stop doing this sin thing, this thing that you do every week. You need to stop that. You need to stop that routine. You need to stop that habit. You need to get it done because it is killing you, and it's killing my relationship with you, is what God's saying. You've got to write it down. So here's what I'm going to do. I usually yap a lot. I've done a lot of yapping today. I usually lap, yap all the way to the end. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read a passage of Scripture out of Philippians chapter 4. It's not going to be on the screen because I want you just to listen to it. And then after I'm done reading this Scripture, I'm just going to be quiet. We're going to sit here for about a minute. And this is going to scare you a bit, but you're going to be alone with your own thoughts. And I want you to ask God, tell me what the three things are that I need to write down. And then you already know what you need to do with it. Get her done. So let me read this scripture and we'll sit and see, allow God to take you where you need to go. Don't worry about anything. 
Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Let's just sit in silence. Lord, it's very rare that we have the opportunity that it's quiet enough to hear you. And I know it's uncomfortable for us, God. You can sense the uncomfortable feeling when everything's silent. But God, I know beyond all doubt that you want to speak to us. So I pray, God, that if people wrote something down or whether they wrote it down or whatever you were dealing with with people, that they would not leave here just saying, I'm just going to keep my burdens. I'm going to let them weigh me down. But God, would you give them freedom from the weight, freedom from these, these things that are pressing down on them, so that they can experience true freedom, joy, peace, rest. May you help them to recharge by connecting with you. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, as you know, we've been doing a lot of things different this